Dueling Genre Productions presents... Oh my God, do you see that? When a freak accident strikes McKinney City, ordinary citizens are given amazing abilities. I can move things with my mind. Oh my God, I'm flying. I can fly. I can teleport and I can fly. Super senses. What, like Daredevil? We are just playing fast and loose with this whole science thing today, aren't we? Now, there are villains. Billy, when you have an arch nemesis, do you just kill them immediately? No. You tie the ropes just loose enough so that they can keep escaping. That way, when you finally do win the day, you can sleep well knowing that you rose to the challenge. Your brain works differently than other people's, doesn't it? And heroes. Leah Markowitz, Gwendolyn Allen, Jeffrey Gibson, Lindy Gibson, Simon Holt, Splendid, you're all here. I'm going to make you all into superheroes. Screw it. Let's go save the day. The Powerful. After I drain everyone here, McKinney City will be mine. I'm going to show this whole city what real passion truly is. And the underdogs. You're all imagining me as a singing, dancing chipmunk right now, aren't you? The people in that store need help, and we can help them in a way no one else can. We have great power, which means they're our responsibility. I mean, Jesus, what's the point of having five freaking Spider-Man movies if we can't even learn to do that? Geek by Night, an original podcast series about five friends running a comic book store with superpowers. You're really going to keep running a comic book shop while trying to be superheroes? It might not always be easy, but I think the world could use a few more underdogs. Available at DuelingGenre.com and podcast apps everywhere. Dueling Genre. It's such a weird sound. I don't understand. <laughs> I know where's it coming from. Yeah. Yes. Yes. The quaffle doesn't really make doesn't make any noise. The the is it going so fast that it's making noise? Like it's it's like wind resistance. Yeah. Maybe. If you put this thing in a wind tunnel, would it make this sound? I've never heard any, but it's such a distinct sound. the The sound of the bludger is something that I don't think. I've ever heard anything else that makes me think of it. No. I think I tried to look up first year uh, where the sound came from. Like, what specifically was the foley for that. And I couldn't find it. No. No. Mm. We We solemnly swear we're up to no good. everybody to Harry Potter in the Chamber of Minutes fan podcast that's overanalyzing the Harry Potter movies uh, one Quidditch filled minute at a time I'm Gary Roby I'm Victoria Cope and we are back today with minute 62 talking about more bludger stuff uh, minute 62 starts with Hagrid's binoculars hey yeah. you just said you liked and uh, ends with a chase for the snitch it ends with Draco Malfoy elbowing Harry in the side <laughs> specifically yes so yeah we see uh hagrid's binoculars which i like hagrid's binoculars as well 
in the Goblet of Fire book, they have, don't they call them like omniculars? And you can like use them to like slow down, like visually like slow down the motion of what's happening on the pitch and like kind of zoom in and out. And they're very like, they're like, I would call them high-tech binoculars, but they're magic. High magic binoculars. <laughs> high magic binoculars. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to stick with that. Okay. I like it. And, yeah. So so these just look like... These just look like standard. Like old school. They're kind of brass look. Right. Actually. Like almost like steampunk looking. Yeah. Do you think Do you think you can adjust them? Or is it just like a... There, these are specific Quidditch binoculars, like. Oh, I wonder. I mean, I know he's not supposed to. Uh, can you buy that kind of thing at that point? Like, they're they're a magical item. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I think because he can ma- he can he, just because Hagrid can't use magic doesn't mean he can't buy yeah, magical objects. Magical objects, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, maybe. We were talking about the different seating arrangements at the Quidditch pitch yesterday. Mm-hmm. Hagrid's with the kids. Yeah. Which I like. And I remember, remembered, that last year, Filch was with the Slytherins. The kids. Mm-hmm. So, do you think because these two aren't professors, that they're sort of, like, relegated to the kids' stand? Rather than being like, up in the booth with the professors. Like and having to sit at the kids' table. Parents and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Hagrid would love to be with the little Gryffindor kids anyway. Yeah, I mean, he. I'm pretty sure he's fine with that. Yeah. He's standing behind Ron and Hermione and Dean Thomas and those guys. That group, the second years. Mm-hmm. He says, Blimey, Harry's got himself a rogue bludger. That's the name of the chapter. Let's put super... Let's like... N- Finger on your nose. He's got himself a rogue bludger. If if uh, if chapter titles counted, that you know, like when someone says like the name of the movie in the movie. Oh yes. <laughs> uh, this is that moment. Huh? He says the title of the chapter in the chapter. Harry's got himself a rogue bludger. Oh, you know what? That's great. We're gonna title the chapter "Rogue Bludger." Yeah. You go, J.K. <laughs> oh my goodness. And then he does this, you, that's been tampered with, that has. And he, like, raises his finger his and he, finger like, points his, it, yeah. Oh, it's so, it. it's so good. I really like it. Saying it for the, any, anybody who's listening. Yes. Well, the rest of the Gryffindor is in front of him. Yes. So then we pan forward, uh, we pull out from Hagrid, and we see the row of Gryffindors in front of him. And, of course, it's like, I love that we get front and center all the characters we know. Seamus, Dean, Ron, Ginny, not Ginny, Hermione, Neville, uh, and Colin Creevy on the end with his camera. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. I think Colin Creevy's going to be, like, on the field tomorrow. Yeah, how the heck did he get from there I don't all know. the way to the field? I don't know. Is there... What? Does he just... He doesn't jump. Yeah, I don't think so. No, because there's, there's a wooden... There's, like, a moat around the outside of the... Like, if you, if you were standing where they're standing and you looked down... At the at the ground, yeah, you would see the wooden beams mm-hmm. between where the stands are and where the grass of the field is. Yeah, because Harry's gonna go between them tomorrow. Yep. So, 
That you can't you jump can't over. Jump, you can't no. jump. You jump and you'd fall through the banisters. Yeah, that's not good. No. I mean, there's got to be stairs somewhere. I guess. They must be pretty close. And he must be really fast. Yeah. <laughs> Going down those stairs. Okay. So let's talk about, do you want to talk about um, Go Get a Ron? <laughs> he pulls his wand out. It's taped up. It's actually taped nicely now. Yes, it does look better than before. Yes. Still wouldn't trust him to do anything, though. Yeah, and then her, well, Hermione doesn't either, and she's just like, no, and she pushes it down. Even with a proper wand, it's too dangerous. You could hit Harry. But she's right. She is right. Because, you know, like, if it weren't the case, then she would just pull her own wand out. Hermione would not have led the rogue bludger through a crowd of children. No. <laughs> No, probably not. Can I admit something real dumb? Oh. Real dumb. Real dumb. Uh, we've already spoiled, because, you know, we talk about the whole the books as a whole, that we know that this is, that Dobby's responsible for this. Yeah. I don't know what led me to believe, but as a kid, reading that chapter... Mm-hmm. I thought that Dobby was admitting that he was the rogue bludger. <laughs> he's inside. That he, he's, like... He's inside the bludger. Well, in he's the a magical creature. No, I don't imagine that he's, like, inside the bludger. I imagine that, like, he transfigured himself into a into bludger. Into a bludger? Yeah. Ooh. And was, like, chasing him down himself. That's I'll get you, Harry freaky. Potter. That's weird and freaky. I don't know why that was my thought, but that was my thought. For, like many years oh my goodness <laughs> as a kid growing up but no like clearly he must have just like snuck into the are there too many bludgers on the field right now or did he somehow like cast a spell on it jinx it whatever like mid-game right like he's there lucius is there of course he's with him yeah it's actually like because they don't want to spoil anything, we don't actually see Dobby with Lucius here. No. But he's here. Yeah. Which is interesting. It actually makes sense why he would show up tonight at Harry's bedside in the hospital wing. Because, like, maybe Lucius is still here. Yeah. Like, he's nearby. Dobby can operate in and out of Hogwarts anyway because he's an elf. Of course I can. I'm, I'm an elf. Oh, that's so sad, though. That's, like, one of the best Dobby moments. And it's, like, so near the end. Oh, I don't want to talk about that. Why am I going there? <laughs> going to make yourself all sad. I know. So then we, uh, we of course, go back to Harry and the bludger. And um, Harry is weaving around the pitch, around the stands that people are sitting in, these tall towers. And the bludger is crashing through the stands. These are made of wood. Yes. They are not substantial. <laughs> no. I mean, again, we said that the tops of these things seat maybe like 10 or a dozen people. So every one of these, every time this bludger like blows through one of these wooden structures, it's a miracle they don't collapse. And we destroy like four of them in this minute. One for like each house, bursting. I think. We, yeah, it's actually interesting. This part, this particular moment, this, the first couple that get destroyed, it's interesting because it's, uh, there's a pattern. There's the all the different house colors going all the way around the outside of the pitch. Mm -hmm. So it smashes through Slytherin, through Ravenclaw, through Hufflepuff, 
And then Harry, like, sees that the Gryffindor Tower is coming and immediately, like, dive bombs. So what happens is the bludger that's coming as it's about to hit the Gryffindor thing, it hits it and then just, like, kind of bounces off. So instead of punching through the Gryffindor one and destroying all four of them, Harry saves the, the one. Of course. Of course. House pride there. But it's a good it's a good shot because, uh, again, he does this dive. Harry's... Uh, Harry's movements on the broom are all very fluid. I'm making in the air like a finger eight gesture with my fingers, but like he turns like they're really tight turns. Mm -hmm. The Nimbus 2000 is very maneuverable because I imagine that if Ron was on his queen sweep, he probably couldn't make that dive. Right. But it's quick. And the bludger, of course, still following Harry. Yeah, there's very clear up. moments. There's very clear moments of like, oh, this looks like a video game. Mm -hmm. And then we cut back to like one of the kids sitting on on the broomsticks. Right. To kind of bring us back into the real world. Like, but, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, Draco's there. <laughs> Draco pulls up and he's watching as Harry uh, goes off into the distance. He's got his little smug like. <laughs> like, haha. Yeah. He's very, very happy about like him. This is the happiest chased. we have ever or will ever see Draco. <laughs> the this, this smile on his face. It's so cute. <laughs> Harry flies at another Ravenclaw tower. Like, hey, uh, what do you got against Ravenclaw? Instead of doing the dive bomb this time, he pulls up real sharp and it goes, plows through the side of this thing, which gives Harry a break for a second. He loses the bludger just a little bit so that... Draco can ask if Harry is training for the ballet. <laughs> training for the ballet, Potter. And Harry just glares at him again because we don't get any um, real interaction. What does Draco know about ballet? I imagine that's a muggle thing too. Right? Do well, they I have mean, like... Why can't they dance? I don't see... Yeah, I mean, you're right. They. It's not that they can't dance. I mean, they can have magical people in the ballet. He comes from one of those families that are supposed to be like high society. And that's always like a thing to do is to go to the ballet, go to the opera. But I imagine the they would be like whatever. very, I, I still imagine it would be different. Hmm. I, I, I would assume that any sort of wizard variant of a muggle thing is going to be like a, like inherently magical in a different sort of way. So like we have... You know, the sporting thing is Quidditch. I imagine that, like, the dance, like, whatever dance they do would be more imaginative. They have balls too. and what kind of. That's true. And they just have, like, a rock. Like, you know, weird they just do a rock band. and that kind of. Yeah. Regular dances that anyone else does. I feel like waltzes being the same because it goes. Like, I feel like that that's just, like, an old world kind of thing. Not old world, but, like,. I feel like the waltz hasn't changed much in the last few centuries. Right. Right. I don't think that you're going to... I don't think there's a wizard equivalent to, like, like hip-hop. I imagine that the difference between muggle ballet and wizarding ballet is, like, the difference between the circus and Cirque du Soleil. Okay. Where, like, the magical equivalent would have... There'd be, like, a lot more... I don't want to say more skill, but that there's something... There's just, like, extra... It's like, um, it's like when they go to the opera in Revenge of the Sith and there's <laughs> the, 
weird water orbs that are like floating in the air and Palpatine tells the story of Darth Plagueis the Wise and yeah where it's just like there's something different about it yeah I don't think that they're gonna go see the Nutcracker Suite okay guys join the Harry Potter Minute and Listener's Army and tell us about Wizard Ballet maybe it's on a broom and that's why they're like he's like Are you training for the ballet pot I mean Harry's pretty dexterous because of all because of all the twists and, yeah. and, and stuff we've been talking about it all minute how he's like really good and at, at turning on a dime and just it's graceful is he telling Harry that Harry's really graceful He's actually just complimenting her. He is. He is. He's he's impressed. He's like, hey, look, what are you doing over here? You training for the ballet? That's cute. He does have a smile on his face. So. Yeah. He's impressed with Harry. He's like, oh, you know what? You're really good at that. Maybe you should try out for the ballet. Aw, Draco. Aw, Draco. <laughs> Aw, it's so funny. It's so funny. Um... As he says that, of course, the snitch flies up next to his head, and Draco's totally oblivious. Right, you'd think he'd be able to hear the flutter the sound. The bludger moves so fast, there's smoke coming off of it. <laughs> it's terrifying. Where is it even coming from? Like, if this hits you in the head, you have no head. Yeah. Yeah, especially at the speed it's going. Like, it's punching holes in the... Yeah, if this hits you, it would do more than break a bone. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess it depends on where it hits you, right? Harry gets lucky. Yeah, That yeah. he doesn't get hit in the head. Because this would crush your skull. Harry'd be Definitely. dead. Yeah, like I guess I think it would, like, just knock her head off. Oh, man. How would Dobby react... If that If the rogue bludger murdered Harry. Like, killed Harry. Smashed his head in told Harry that there was danger at Hogwarts and the danger was me! <laughs> then he punished himself of by course. Like, hitting his head on a dresser of or course. something. And, uh, <sighs> Poor Dobby. <laughs> well, I mean, you should have thought this through. Yeah. He's not the brightest. He's a house elf. He is a house elf. I don't know if they get formal education. No. <laughs> uh, Bludger comes back around. Harry ducks draco ducks and then harry takes off after the snitch that's by draco's head and uh draco follows him and that's the minute there you go i feel like this quidditch week is gonna be a real short week guys but that's all i think i have for today they're just destroying the stands people are gonna die people are gonna die i don't understand how it's just like not collapsing as like it's getting it destroyed. makes no sense it it you would think that as these like that these it's would gotta be magically protected it's got yeah from structural damage? What if you, like, separated, like, completely, like, sliced through? Would it fall? Just, like, straight up? Yeah. Oh, one of those towers? Yeah, you, like, cut it all the way through horizontally. Just all the way through. It collapses. You would think so. Right. I was gonna ask if, like, it, you said, like, maybe it's magically protected. How far does that protection extend? Mm. They're constructed of magic. It's weird. Super weird. All right, that's all I have. Yeah. Thank you, everyone, again, of course, for joining us for more Harry Potter and the Chamber of Minutes. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at HP Minute. You can email us at contact at hpminute.com. You can come back tomorrow for Minute 63 of Chamber of Secrets. Mischief Managed. <laughs>